Hey guys, welcome to another edition of the Inside Scoop. My name is Neil Crawford, and I'm your host and also the founder of Anytime Soccer Training. If you're not familiar with the Inside Scoop, it's a podcast dedicated to helping parents learn about the soccer pathways that would be available to their child if they lived in another city around the world. And this week, we traveled to Birmingham, UK, and I spoke to a wonderful parent trainer by the name of Curtis who not only trains his own child, but he trains other children in the UK. And he's launched his own online training platform. And he does all, and he also does a wonderful blog. So I encourage you to check out the Anytime Soccer Training Facebook group, and you can interact directly with Curtis. And if you have any questions, or are you heading to the UK? Definitely reach out to him. And, um, and he's pretty responsive and he'll share also the work that he's doing. If you're not familiar with Anytime Soccer Training, it's a website we've created that will have over 101 fun soccer games and also over 1,000 training videos that cover all the major areas of individual skill development. And one of the things that, uh, as I'm creating the 101 fun soccer games, one of the things that I wanted to mention for those who have not seen it is often when you search for fun soccer games um, to do with children, most of the content, many of the, much of the content is great, but most of it centers around doing uh, fun games with groups of kids, like a team. And that's important. And I, you know, I use that stuff. But I wanted to, I wanted to um, create something that was specific to the parent and the child. So therefore, if it's only two of you, each game is designed to work extremely well with only two people or a sibling and a parent, a sibling and um, uh, two kids or a parent and a kid or a coach and a kid, that kind of thing. And then obviously you can uh, extrapolate that game and add more people to the fun, but at its core, you can do these fun games with just you and your child. So I think that's just a great way to get your kid uh, engaged, having fun and, and getting better in soccer, but, uh, but, but kind of meeting them where they're at. Um, so I think that's a, that's a great, um, a great add-on to the program that we're doing. So definitely check out uh, anytime-soccer.com and join the mailing list and we'll send you uh, uh, more content like this. And like I said in the previous podcast, we are launching the uh, the new website. That's going to come out either this week or next week. We're working on a few um, tweaks here and there and then it's going to be made public. And that's going to embody sort of uh, a lot of our vision in terms of the blog posts, the video content, the resources, and, and show you guys kind of what we're doing behind the scenes in one, in one public space. So definitely, uh, definitely stay abreast and look forward to that as well. Okay, so this show is one of those shows where I'm going to offer my opinion, right? And it's just an opinion. It's actually a pretty strong opinion. So I'm going to be interested in hearing the uh, feedback on the Facebook group. But before I jump into that show, let me do a quick, quick recap of last week's show, because this week's show is tied to last week's show uh, in, in a certain way. And to that point, there will be future shows that are also tied to last week's show. So I'll refer to last week's show um, uh, quite often as we as we progress through this year's podcast. Now, in last week's show, I began by saying 
let's recalibrate. Let me refocus us on why I created the podcast. And that was important to me. And as I listened to last week's show, I, I, I realized, you know what? I kind of forgot to mention one of the most important things, right? Of why I created this podcast in the first place. So I'm not going to go over every, everything I went over in last week's show. I'm just going to talk about the one thing that I um, feel like I left out, or at least I didn't emphasize enough. And then I'm going to encourage those who have not listened to last week's show to do so. So at its core, I believe that any parent, regardless of their background, whether they played soccer or they did not, like me, any parent can supplement their child's soccer training. As a matter of fact, I would go even further to say, you are the most suited to supplement your child's soccer training in your own way, right? At the level that you uh, feel comfortable doing, right? But I don't believe that, you know, I, don't, I never played soccer, all that kind of stuff is a good excuse. Now, having said that, we know there's some unique challenges when you work with your child. And so this podcast is designed to do a couple of things there. Number one, I share my own stories with you guys so that you can hopefully avoid some of the mistakes that I made. In addition to that, even if you don't find any specific tip um, that enlightening, hopefully this show gives you an opportunity to pause and think about what you're doing and the impact it's having on your child so that you can uh, create a more positive and not negative training environment. So that's number one. The second thing is through this show and through the nuance that I'm trying to bring to this show, I'm trying to create an, uh, a community and it's the, the nucleus of that community is on the Facebook group and we'll think about other ways to broaden that community, but I'm trying to create a community that bonds on sort of these tough and challenging um, topics within a no judgment zone. And, and please remember the no judgment part, part, part as we get into the topic of this show. Because many of us have experienced being badgered by on social media because we are grappling with something, especially when our kids are very young, um, in a more judgmental way when at the end of the day, we're just trying to get information. And we know that parents struggle with this stuff. So that was kind of part of the Facebook group is to, uh, and part of the podcast is to say, yes, we're struggling with this stuff, right? Let's just lay it out there. Call me crazy when I need to be called crazy, but just, you know, let's not judge each other or be so judgmental as we work through these challenges, because we know um, many of these obvious truths, like uh, it should be fun, are not as simple in reality if you have certain goals for your child or your child has certain goals for themselves. Okay, so in a, in a, putting it in a bow, I believe you can train your child or you can supplement your child's training. I believe that's inherently risky, but if you do it right, it can be fruitful for you and your child, and that's what this show is about. Okay, so the next thing is I said, you know, and the meat and potatoes of last week's show was, you know, um, I discussed a framework for self-improvement. And if I had to go back and, 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 and do that show again, I, I probably would have called it um, increasing your probability of success. 
I think that sounds better. And that's at the heart of what I was trying to, trying to say, increasing your probability of success. And it's important to remember that, no, of course, you cannot guarantee success, right? You can't guarantee success on the um, soccer field. You can't guarantee success in life. You can't guarantee your children are going to turn out in the way that you want them to do. And if you can, please send me an email so you can share that tip with me. But you can't. But what you can do is increase your probability of success, or at least increase your probability of positive outcomes. And, and so I sort of created a framework. And when I use this term framework, I'm effectively saying, if I were speaking to 100 people, all different backgrounds, all randomly selected, different walks of life, the reason I use the term framework is because this is basically what I would say to any of them at any point in time, and it should be and it universally applies to them. And then without me knowing their personal situation. And then if I had more time to talk to them individually, I would use that framework to help talk about their or facilitate the conversation regarding their personal situation. And so what, what are the components of this? Well, first thing I said is, you know, yeah, where you start definitely impacts um, your probability of being successful. If you want to be wealthy and you start off um, broke or poor, then yeah, it's going to have an impact on your probability of being wealthy. But for the most part, especially if you're in, in the States where most of my listening artists, um, listening audience is, it's normally not a death nail, right? You start there, you need to be clear about where you start, and you probably have to overcompensate in other areas to move the needle forward. And the good news is most of those other areas are completely and utterly within your control, within your agency. And that leads me to the first one. What do you value? What do you want? What do you care about? And that's actually going to be what we talk about today, because I'm going to give an example of how I apply what I value in my own personal life in a way that's um, probably controversial in many circles. Okay. Then the level of expectations, your level of expectations. I'm a high expectation um, advocate and I, be, and I became a high expectation advocate when I started working in education and also as a result of my son's current uh, soccer club. Many of the problems that I see um, soccer coaches, club directors articulate on um, social media, they're, they're expectation problems raise the expectations, these problems go away. But, you know, this is a very difficult thing to um, say to someone because the problem with um, explaining how high expectations work or works is that it's not linear. It's, it's something almost magical about when the principal or the school leader stands up and says, you know, whether this is right or wrong, my expectation is that we will have 100% uh, graduation rates and 100% college admission rates. Not 99, not 98, not many of you, not most of you. Didn't matter if you're a single mom, doesn't matter if you are a single dad, doesn't matter what your income. Our expectation is that all of you will graduate and all of you will um, be admitted to college. It's something powerful about that. And it sends a very strong, it's almost like a shot over the bow if you're thinking about um, 
a ship or something. It sends a very strong message to everyone else in the room. And just something, something begins to happen because you effectively tell people who have never, who don't believe they can do it, that I believe you can do it, even if you don't believe you can do it. And I don't want to preach to you too long, but I just can't under, um, understate the importance of high expectations. Okay. And then it's, you know, it's your actions, right? So it's good to have expectations. It's good to value things, but you actually got to put pen to paper and do things, right? So this goes without saying, but what may not, and what I talked about in the last podcast is even within your um, actions, uh, I think there's ways that you can set things up to give yourself um, uh, an advantage and to promote the healthy behaviors that you're looking for. Now, I am a um, classic uh, overthinker, textbook overthinker. And so this is probably one of those areas that I will overthink a little bit with you guys in one of the podcasts. But the bottom line is it's not good enough, especially with children to say, hey, if you care about this thing, you just do it. You can set up processes. You can set up reward rewards, inter- intrinsic and extrinsic uh, rewards. And you can set up routines to help them um, and help yourself achieve the goals that you're, that you're looking for. Now, there is an overarching, broader environment that you're operating in, right? And that also can't be understated. So what that means from a youth soccer perspective is U.S. soccer, and we talked about that. What that means from a societal perspective is I'll use an analogy to say, hey, they're headwinds coming your way. They're either coming, they're winds pushing against you, and then they're winds pushing um, in your favor. These are external forces that are pushing against you and external forces that are going in your favor. And as a society, as a moral, excuse me, as a moral group of people, we, we don't want the winds pushing against you in an unfair way, way. And we definitely don't want winds pushing against one group of people. So we don't want winds pushing against women that are not, and those winds don't exist for men. And we don't want winds going against men, not against women. We want to try to remove as much of that friction as we can, right? And then to the extent that it's possible, this reason we want to give you, we want to throw some wind in your, in, in, under your sail as well. And then there are always going to be exceptions to the rule. And I don't, I don't try to monopolize my conversations too much with exceptions to the rule. What I do do is ask questions to folks and say, okay, now that we've established this framework, um, you know, where, where, what are some things that you feel that we need to change in order for you to increase your probability of success? And in that, in the individual level, that's where we'll get into these exceptions to the rule and we'll deal with them on a case-by-case basis. So that's, that's effectively what I argued. That's the probability of success. That's what I would um, tell um, if I were speaking to a hundred people, that's, that's the lessons that I tell my own boys, right? You know, as, as we start thinking about how they will achieve their own goals in life and in soccer. And then I'm going to do a podcast that talk about that talks about the goals that they set for themselves and how I, not so much my younger one, but my older one, and how I help them think about goals, strategy, plans, objectives, and that kind of stuff. And so we will get into that. So now, now we're going to go on to the show, right? And so let me, let me tee this one up for you guys. So all right. If if you want to be if if for some reason you want to be hated or um, abused or or criticized or 
or if you just want to argue with folks, this is what I want. I want you to share this podcast with them and say, you know what, this guy makes some good points and I agree with him. Or I want you to share uh, with someone something that I'm about to tell you and say, hey, I do this thing and I just want to get your opinion on it, right? So if you go to any of these parent uh, social media spaces, right? Or any of these coaching social media groups or or any of these soccer parenting or uh, let's say um, sporting parenting, if that's even a thing, uh, forms, or you go to any parenting conference or if you are invited to be a lecturer in a sort of sporting parenting circle any of that stuff you know the you know I love to watch you play or the soccer parenting any of those types of groups and you say what I'm about to tell you um your calendar would be clear you'd never be invited back you may be blocked um from the group if comments are what you're looking for though you will get hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of comments so it might be a good pr thing but but you'll definitely probably wouldn't want, want to read the comments though so so what am i talking about i try to build it up as best as i could what am i talking about if you tell people this this one sentence on occasion i force my children to train with me on occasion, I force them in the past, in the present, and in the future. I have and I will sometimes force them to train with me. So then what people will say, yeah, you, you probably don't mean force, right? You probably mean you encourage. Or you, no, 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 no. They say no. And I say, I got to pull right today. Uh, I need you to go ahead and get your stuff together. We're going out in the yard and we are going to train. Right. So so I'm sure some of you guys are listening like, oh, my God, this guy, this guy is crazy. So why am I telling you that other than the fact that I'm sure I lost 50 percent of the audience? So now I'm down to two people. Why am I telling you that? Well, I'm telling you that because it because one of the most common questions I get when I speak to parents in person and these are not speaking engagement. These are my friends or, or team, uh, friend, teammates, the, the parents of my kids' teammates, just people in the community. One of the things they'll say is, Neil, man, um, I love what you're doing with your kids. And they don't really think about it from an anytime soccer training perspective because they're not that familiar with it, with it. I try not to be too salesy in person. They're thinking about it just from they see, you know, my son's becoming technical. They see how good they're on the ball. You know, and again, this is not, bragging this is just their observation compared to the other kids and and then they ask me what I do and I tell them and, and they say you know what man I like that I, I I do but the problem is I can't I can't get my child to do that my child won't work with me and this is what they they tell me now here's what I don't so what what I'm going to talk about in the podcast that's not what I tell them in real life because they're my friends right and Nobody wants to be lectured to in real life, but I'm going to share with you what I'm thinking in my head, right? So what I'm thinking is, um, let's keep it real. Let's let's keep it let's keep it 100. Okay, this is not that important to you, right? It's just not it's not a top priority to you. Now. I don't know, and that's no judgment. It may not be a top priority to you, priority to you because you don't see the value in it, which is fine. 
It may not be a pro top priority to you because it's not worth the risk of, um, of uh, making it unfun for your child. And that's fine. It may not, there could be a lot of legitimate reasons why it's not a top priority to you. But don't, but your, your assessment is incorrect. Your assessment that you would do this, but your child does not want to do it. Therefore, that's the reason I don't do it. That's an inaccurate interpretation of what's going on. And I'm being arrogant enough to say, um, and even though I don't know your child in particular, and that gets into the exceptions to the rule, maybe you're that one, you have that child who can train with everybody else, but has some mental condition where they can't train or work with you on this particular thing. But if your children are anything like mine, um, if it's important to you, you, uh, you can get them to do it, right? So then let me take a step back. So what does that mean? Well, what that means, and I was actually talking to my mom about it this uh, weekend because I wanted to reflect with her on what I was going to say just to get her opinion because she is my mom after all. And she was, she raised us, her and my dad. So we, 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 we eventually settled on this. There aren't very many reasonable, and I'm putting reasonable in air quotes, you have to use your own judgment, activities, mainstream, again, again, putting that in air quotes, mainstream activities that we, that we can't get our children to do regularly for a short period of time. Again, they're just, that's just a fancy way of saying, if I want my kids to read five minutes a day or 10 minutes a day, two or three times a week, and they don't want to do it, it's not going to ruin their life for me to pull rank and say, listen, I need you to get your book. You got to read, right? Or if, if I sign my kid up for karate and the teacher says, okay, guys, I want you to do, I know nothing about karate. I want you to practice this chop, um, uh, 10 minutes a day while you're at home because next week we're going to go over and I want you to be familiar with it. It's just not going to destroy their world and destroy our relationship. If I say to them, hey, um, I need you to practice this chop and because we're going to work on it, they're going to work on it with you next week or in soccer, you know, Hey, Matthew, I need you to work on today. We're going to go out there and you got to do this five minute juggling routine where you kick the ball and catch it with your this foot and kick it with catch it with that foot. And that's kind of what we do. And then after that, we can mess around. I, no, they're not going to want to do it sometimes. And you have to be consistent and just say, uh, I got to pull rank on, on you on this time. You don't understand exactly why, but this is kind of where we where we are. And then. And I've talked about this in previous podcasts. And then as a parent, if you're in a situation where five minutes, 10 minutes, it's the end of their world, right? As kids, you got a 10-year-old who 10 minutes and they are just rolling on the ground, screaming and yelling and upset. And it's affecting them later on. Later on, they don't want to eat dinner because of that 10 minutes you had you reevaluate because if you're listening to this podcast more than likely your kid is probably in some kind of competitive program reevaluate as if that's where they want to be right so for example my, my, my older one probably would 
not want to devote 10 minutes, even 10 minutes to dance lessons. Lessons. So I probably wouldn't put them in a competitive dance program, right? So reevaluate that, right? But let's keep it real. Let's keep it 100. You are the parent and they are the child, right? And if you want them to stick to certain routines that they don't find one zillion percent fun, there are going to be times where if it's important to you, you, you just got to, they just got to do it. And so now that I've said that, I will share with you my strategy on some of the things that I do. I'm going to publish this for public consumption. I'm going to keep it kind of short. And then I want to hear from you guys on what you do. And it could be, hey, I don't do anything like that. I only work with them when they want to. And that's kind of how we do our, do our, um, that's how we run our family. And then my question would be, okay, do you do that with everything or just optional activities? And the logical response would probably be, you know, we don't, we don't do that with education, you know, cause that's kind of how, what they have to do. And that's fine too. And I hear that a lot. And for me, you know, it's, uh, and that's where I'm going to get into my strategy. And I don't want to ramble too much, but for me, it's, Ed, you got to practice education and then one other activity that you, that you choose. And so the first point of that is choice. So the first thing I do with my boys, even when they were really young, they kind of understood this. You have a choice. You can, you know, your dad is going to support you in anything you do. So you, you, you have to do academics, right? So you're going to have to spend some time doing homework and doing stuff with me. This is a non-starter. This is non-negotiable. But it's almost like picking a timeshare unit. But when it comes to the other thing you have to practice, I'm going to sign you up for all this stuff so you can get exposed to it as much as I can. And in addition to that, um, um, I, and in addition to that, I'm going to give you a choice. So you tell me the thing that you want to practice, right? And that's what we will work on, right? Now, I don't say it to them exactly like that because my younger one is pretty young, so he's not there yet, but that's basically uh, what, I, what I do. And so by doing that and by sticking to a routine with them, um, I don't know exactly, you know, I can't be in their heads, but they don't see this working with me as particularly eventful. They kind of look at it as something um, I do with my dad. And I did, a, I did a previous podcast where I talked about the levels of maturity. So my younger one kind of views it as a chore and my older one views it more as a job. And if you have no idea what I'm talking about, look for the um, podcast. And I, I'll link in the show notes where I talked about the job, the chore and having your own business. So my older one sort of now begins to um, understand the big picture. As a matter of fact, he, he asked me to train with him a lot, um, a whole lot more now than, than I actually do the other way around. And that's kind of what I was, what I was hoping because now he's getting a little bit older and he's beginning to understand it. So the first, the first, first thing is I give them a choice on what they are going to, um, what they want to work on. Okay. The next thing is, especially when they started out, I kept it very short and very sweet, right? No more than 10 minutes. Got to do this. So with my younger one, that's where I started out. Just keep it short, keep it sweet. And, 
and I did that with my older one as well, but just keep it really short and keep it sweet. So that's the second thing I did. And as they built and as they um, built and understood the routines and, and built endurance, then I would slowly increase it. The next thing I did was kept it extremely consistent. And that's what I mean about the four. So it's a bit strong to say I forced them to train. I forced them to be um, consistent, right? I forced them to be consistent. So they say, yep, I want to do this. This is what I want. This is my activity that I want to practice. And this is what it entails because I'm on the team and I understand how this works. But no one's going to be consistent at the level. Um, no kid is going to be consistent at any level unless you, um, you know, force them, basically. And I'd be interested in hearing who has the seven-year-old that is consistent and doesn't require that. So please share that, in the, share that in the group. So I'm extremely, I was extremely consistent. And the reason that's beyond the obvious, the reason that's important is because your, my consistency and your consistency communicates to them that this is actually important, right? It communicates the level of importance there that, that this has um, to you and they feed off of that. All right, so that's another tip. Now, we talked about choice. They get to choose, okay, is it gonna be soccer? Is it gonna be band or whatever? But another thing I did and I do is I let them choose within reason what they want to work on. And I say within reason because of course, no, we're not gonna work on shooting like every day. Now I do that again through any type of soccer training because again, the program has maybe 11, 12 different skill areas and we keep adding them. So my older one will say, you know what, today I wanna to work on dribbling. I wanna work on um, passing and I wanna work on, I wanna do a ball mastery video. And then next week you say, oh, you know what? I, I wanna do figure eight, I wanna do this. So I give him some choice or he'll ask me, what do you, know, you wanna work on today? And I'll say, well, I was thinking we we're going to do some dribbling, we're going to do ball mastery, we're going to do some juggling. He'll say, okay, that's cool, fine. So I give them a lot of, I give them autonomy on what they work on. That gets them to buy in. And then I also give, especially my older one, autonomy on how long he wants to do it, right? So for him, rarely, if ever, do I force my older one to train now because first of all, he's part of a team and now he knows his body. So he knows how he feels about it. And I did a podcast on this where we have the number system, which now we rarely have to use, but he's able to communicate to me if he feels like it or he doesn't feel like it. With my younger one, we're in the middle of habit formation. And so he doesn't have as much choice um, at all. He may have some choice in terms of the day, uh, like, oh, I don't feel like it today, so I'm going to do it tomorrow. But he doesn't have choice in terms of, no, I'm not going to ever do this again. So, but my older one knows his body, right? And he would tell me, okay, today, uh, now he thinks about it in terms of videos. So he'll say, today, I want to do, um, I'll do three videos in three five-minute, three normal videos and three five-minute videos, because we have these five-minute workouts, and in his mind and in mine, you know, both of our minds, we know that equates to the average video is about 10 minutes. So that equates to about 45 minutes of working. We'll be out there for about a little less than an hour. He understands that and we get on with it. 
sometimes it's on the weekend then he'll say you know what i can do it a little bit longer or i'll ask him do you want to do a little bit longer it's the weekend you don't have anything else going on and he'll decide yeah I, okay i can do five videos and whatever or i'll do extra this or extra that or we'll communicate when we get out there let's see how it goes uh if you're filling up to it we'll do another one and so he has that autonomy and that autonomy is extremely important for the next phase of his development, right? And the next phase of his development is going to be, um, dad, I don't need you. Not only do I not need you, dad, I don't even want you out there. I got me and my buddies, we're gonna go out there and we're gonna work on our game, right? Or I'm gonna go out there today and I'm gonna do my thing. And then next week you, you come out there and you can help me, blah, 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 whatever. So the autonomy is gonna be another important part of his development. My younger one is nowhere near that. Right. And they also have slightly different personalities and you'll know your child's um, personality. So that's my tip. And what again, I'm going to summarize this by saying, let's be let's be crystal clear. Right. If it's important to you. Right. If this is important to you, you will research and you will talk and you will think and you will try this and you will try that and you will find resources and you i just believe you will do whatever it takes to figure out how to get your child to practice a little bit we're talking three five or ten minutes with you in a way that doesn't stress them the heck out and that could look like we're going to play for five minutes. We're going to do one of these anytime. I'm using anytime soccer. It didn't matter. We're going to play for one for, for 10 minutes. You're going to do five minutes with me on working on your juggling. And then we're going to play again for another 10 minutes. It could, I don't know what form or fashion it will take for you. But I am going to be very deliberate in saying my child won't work with me is an excuse i hate to be harsh i want to be like this is probably horrible for sales but i gotta keep it real with you it's an excuse 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 and you're making an excuse on behalf of your child um that you don't even have to you don't have to you're if I could speak on behalf of your child, your child doesn't want you to yell at you, yell at them. Your child doesn't want to do no days off. Your child doesn't want you to have them out there for two hours. Your child doesn't want you to um, have them doing something that's way beyond their skill level. Your child doesn't want you to go to the game on Saturday. They make mistakes. And then you come um, and have a session with them on Sunday pouring all that negative energy into the um, training session. Your child doesn't want to be micromanaged, right? Your child doesn't want to be told that they're not um, as good as other kids, right? Um, your child doesn't want to be asked to do something and you didn't patiently explain what it is that you want and what it should look like, right? But don't don't put child don't put words in your child's mouth to say that they don't want someone to support them in getting better because they do right they just need it done in a certain way, and that can come from you. And you just have to figure it out 
um, the best way that you can. And in some of it is trial and error. You're going to make mistakes. I made a lot of mistakes. And those mistakes are the one of the reasons I created Anytime Soccer Training, but it's not about Anytime Soccer Training. But what I found that worked for me was creating a system where I didn't have to spend a lot of time talking to them or coaching them. They see the move in slow motion. They practice a move for 30 seconds. They get a 10 to 20 second rest. They see the next move for, uh, for 10 seconds in slow motion demonstration, and they practice it again. And then, and then until they get it, we do that. We do that thing again and again until they get it. And it's just a routine and it's no longer than 10 minutes. That works for me and my family. I think it can work for you and your family. But even if that doesn't work, figure something out and leverage the fun games that we're creating. And many of them we're going to post on our website for free. And as a matter of fact, once the website is up, I want to post a fun game in, onto the website that you can try. And you can at least start there and getting them uh, dribbling and, and, uh, and chasing them and all that kind of stuff. But I'm going to conclude by saying, I don't know. <laughs> I'm laughing. Maybe I'm old school. Maybe I'm an old school parent. I don't know what type of households uh, these people are in that I see, that I read about on social media. But as a parent, if you want, if it's important to you and you want to establish some level of consistency, sometimes you got to pull rank, right? You got to use your judgment and pull rank. Can you give me three minutes? Can you give me five minutes? Right. And I just don't meet kids who can't do something for five minutes. I'm sorry. I don't meet people who can't do something for five minutes. And it's that consistency that you have to enforce if it's important to you. So that's my soapbox. I hope hope I didn't um, irritate too many of you. And I'm uh, building my shield to to hear, you know, what the um, social media space says and i know i know some of the criticisms oh you're going to burn them out okay we're going to talk about burnout in another <laughs> and we're going to talk about burnout in some other episodes i'm actually going to bring some people on that um have experienced both sides of the burnout so they've been burnt out right and i want to bring on parents who burn their kids out and they're like man i wish i would have done it differently and i want to bring in parents who push their kids but didn't burn them out so we're going to have that conversation, but I know that's going to be one of the um, criticisms. Oh, you're going to burn them out. And, I, and to be frank with you, I don't even know. I don't know. I hope not. Right? I always like. I always joke with my. Um, <laughs> I always joke with my my friends. Uh, my older one is either going to be hugging me or on the couch with a shrink, trying to figure out why Dad made him the way he is. But the bottom line is hopefully I won't, but this is kind of part of the deal. This is kind of how I do things. And I wanted to share that with you guys to learn how you do things. And if you ever have to pull rank, or maybe you don't, maybe you just meet them where they're at. And if, they, and if you do, remember, how do you reconcile that with them becoming masterful on the ball, right? It's not good enough to say, well, I don't, I don't force them to do anything. And then, you know, I use juggling as an example. And their juggling record is 10. Well, okay. How do you get them to be, you know, masterful at something? without enforcing a routine, enforcing a level of consistency. If you have cracked that um, nugget, then definitely let me know because um, 
I'd be very interested. And then again, I'm going to conclude with if you please check out Anytime Soccer Training, uh, in, uh, the, the program at anytime-soccer.com and check out the Facebook group and please share your own opinion. Um, I can take it. I'll, I'll go back and forth. You guys know how I am. And let's get better together. <laughs>